Hello and welcome to the Hope City Church podcast. We're always so encouraged to know that God is working through this ministry to touch lives. So if you have a story to share of how God's working in your life, please send a message to lifechange at hopecityonline.net. Now, let's prepare our hearts for a powerful message out of God's Word. It is Mother's Day, but that does not change the fact that we are right in the middle of a series of conversations and so what I've decided to do this morning is, is take our series of conversations and gear them in a direction that I think that moms will appreciate. Now, it's a direction that I don't think moms will necessarily understand on the front end, but give me 20 minutes and then I think it'll be something that moms will appreciate. Just in case you're wondering, this is not a traditional Mother's Day message, meaning I'm not preaching to moms today. This is for everybody. So everybody needs to get their journals out. Everybody needs to get their iPhones out. Everybody needs to get their pens out. Everybody needs to get their Bibles out. Matter of fact, if you got a Bible, you can go and flip it over to Colossians chapter 3 because that's where we're going to be. But everybody needs to be ready to take notes because here's what I'm convinced. When you gather in the presence of God, you don't walk out the same way. God teaches you something. God shows you something. God transforms something in your life. And if you walk out the same way you came in, it ain't his fault. It's yours. So everybody needs to get something out. Make sure you're ready, taking notes, doing whatever it is that you need to do to download what it is that God has for you in this place today. Now, the series of conversations that we started last weekend was a series that we were affectionately calling Cow Tipping. And the reason we're calling it this is because what we're doing over the course of the next several weeks is we're taking some of those sacred cows, some of those things that we've kind of elevated to prominence and importance in the life of our church, in the life of church in general, in our lives personally, and we're tipping them over. We're busting them up. We're breaking them down. We're putting them to bed. We're saying, you know what? We're not going to gather around and hold fast to some of these ideas that come from us because when we hold fast to ideas that come from us, it gets in the way of us holding fast to ideas that come from God, and when we don't hold fast to ideas that come from God, we continue to live in the natural versus the supernatural, and I'm just in a position and a posture right now in my life that I just want to experience what God has for me, and I want to experience God's best, and I want to walk in the supernatural, where I work, where I play with my family and everything that I do, and so that's why we're doing this. If you were here last week, you'll remember that we took on a big one last week. We talked about the fact that in most Christian circles, you make this statement as a sacred statement, the sinner's prayer saved me. I can remember back when I was 9 years old or 11 years old or 16 years old and I prayed that sinner's prayer. I walked the aisle, I said the prayer, I got baptized. And the reason I know I'm going to heaven is because I prayed that prayer. There's a problem with that statement though, and that is that it's a sacred cow. It's not sacred because it's not found anywhere in the New Testament. I said, what? No, it's not found anywhere in the New Testament. We discovered last week that the idea of inviting Jesus into your heart and praying some prayer to experience salvation is not taught anywhere in the Scriptures. Jesus didn't shed his blood and die on a cross so that you could pray a prayer. He shed his blood and died on the cross so that you could start a relationship with his Father. He wanted you to walk in step in relationship with God. And an introduction to Jesus doesn't do anybody any good unless they begin to walk with Jesus. So salvation isn't contingent upon something that happened. It's contingent upon something that's happening. And that is your salvation because of your relationship with God. So we knocked that over last week. If you weren't here, make sure you jump online. You can listen on iTunes. You can watch on Facebook. You can watch on YouTube. Just make sure you go and check that out because if you weren't here, it's a super, super important message. And I think it's necessary for all of us to be able to move forward in who it is that God has called us to be. Now today, I want to shift gears a little bit and move in the direction of our families. Because I think there's a sacred cow that most of us believe is an opinion that our mothers have. 
That is not necessarily a true opinion from our mothers. Now, if we were to ask our moms this, this, this question, it would probably garner an answer that would validate the sacred cow. But it's because we're not really digging deep into the discussion and making sure that we understand what mom's true heart really is. So if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Sean, throw it up on the screen for me. This is the sacred cow that we are tackling today. Mom wants happy families. Mom wants everybody to get along. Mom wants everybody to, to, to do well and be good and not get in arguments and not get in fights. Mom wants everything to be peaceful at the house. Mom wants things to be copacetic. When, when people come over for Thanksgiving or for Christmas, mom doesn't want any blow-ups, so she tells everybody not to talk about politics or religion at the dinner table, right? Because we don't want any kind of discrepancy in, in, our, in, our, in, our, in our love for one another, and so we want everybody to operate as if we are happy people mom wants happy families and so in so in so doing and so saying that consequently we also hold fast to and tight to a belief and that is that god wants happy families just in case you're wondering this is a sacred cow because nowhere in the scripture are we told that god wants us to have happy families Instead, what God tells us is that he wants us to have healthy families, healthy families. And there's a huge, huge difference. Let me explain to you what I mean. Uh, over the last several months, Facebook has been targeting some specific ads from a very specific organization um, and company. Um, and, and in case you're, you're wondering about this, the way that social media marketing works is what you see is not what I see, and what I see is not what you see. They have targeted and tailored your ad experience to you, to who you are, to what they think that you might be interested in. And so for me, I get like hair products and teeth whitening and self-tanner. Like they think I'm totally vain, right? And so... Um, and just here recently, I've gotten a lot of weight loss stuff, which is super, super discouraging. Um, but you may not have seen this ad because it was targeted directly to me. But literally, every time I get on social media, every time I get on social media, I am watching somebody else's testimonial of how they love this particular product from this particular company. Some of you have heard of it, some of you haven't. And if you've used this product, please hear me say, I'm not knocking you, I'm knocking the product. And so they, they, they gypped you just as well as they could gyp anybody else. So just, just hang with the fact that I think it's a total scam and a total ripoff. But needless to say, needless to say the product that I'm referring to is InstaSmile. Anybody heard of InstaSmile? All right, so let me tell you what InstaSmile is. InstaSmile is for people who have jacked up teeth. If you got jacked up bottom teeth, jacked up top teeth, what it does is instead of you having to get braces or instead of you having to go to some kind of orthodontist and getting some kind of uh, surgery on your mouth or your teeth, it, it, they send you a, a mold that you put in your mouth and you bite down on the mold. It hardens, you send it back, and then a few weeks later they ship to you these plastic veneers which snap onto your current existing teeth situation. Now, dude, I'm telling you, there is some, like, legit, like, West Virginia snaggletooth situations going on on some of these videos. Like, major, major messed up teeth, but they shape everything around whatever you've got going on. And so it doesn't matter how messed up your teeth are because they shape everything on the bottom based on what's going on. And then they take the top layer and make it super nice and shiny and pretty and straight and perfect. And it's just all so awesome, right? And so you got these people on there, and they're talking about... Just how much more confidence they have because they've got InstaSmile, right? Now, here's the truth of, of InstaSmile that nobody's willing to acknowledge. 
when these jokers pop these things into their top and their bottom teeth, they start talking with like a lisp because it's like they've got something in their mouth, right? Because it doesn't, it doesn't replace their teeth, it fits over their teeth. So imagine your kid's playing football and he puts a mouth guard in and then he talks. That's how these people are talking. So they're like, see how jacked up my teeth are? Pop, pop. No, they look awesome. Don't they? Don't you love my teeth? And that's how they're talking. You're like, that's way worse than what you had going on before, right? And so... So as I watch these people, and, and honestly, here's what it reminds me of. If you need like a little bit of a visualization, uh, you remember when you were a kid and you'd go to the arcade and you'd win tickets, and then after you won the tickets, you'd go up to the counter and you'd be able to trade your tickets for some piece of junk prize, but every single arcade always had those vampire teeth that, that fit over your teeth. That's kind of what it reminds me of. It's an expensive version of vampire teeth, except they're not doing the vampire teeth. They're doing pearly whites, right? And so, and so every time I see these people, my immediate thought is, who are they kidding? Like, people are going to hear you talk, and you're going to say one word, and they're going to know something's wrong with you. Something's in your mouth. Something's not making sense. This is not reality. This is how I picture a lot of our families operating, because we've been told that happiness is of utmost importance and top priority. So rather than actually being healthy, we throw on this plastic veneer of a happy, perfect family when everything is unhealthy on the inside. We get together for Thanksgiving and Christmas and we don't talk about the real issues. We don't talk about the malice and the anger and the frustration and the hate. We don't work through the resentment and the bitterness. Instead, we just pretend none of it's there. We stuff it all down. Why? Because mom wants to have a happy Thanksgiving. Because mom wants to have a happy Christmas. Because God wants us to be happy people. We're followers of Jesus. We need to make sure that people understand that followers of Jesus are happy people. We want to be able to sell what it is that we're smoking and so we want people to know that it takes it takes um, a, a lot of, of happiness in our lives for for us to be able to walk with Jesus the way he intended us for us to walk like that's how we operate because we have placed this idea of happiness as utmost and priority and important in our lives but God never wanted you to be happy he wanted you to be healthy because when you're healthy, you experience something far greater than happiness, and that is joy. See, here's what I've learned. The longer that I hang out and pastor and talk to moms with older kids, they don't want false happiness. Because as much as they want people to get along at the dinner table, they want even more the brother and sister who haven't spoken in 20 years to reconnect. As much as they want peace and happiness at the Christmas dinner, they much more desire and much, much stronger have a desire for those kids who haven't spoken to them in the last five years to come home, right? Like the reality is they're not looking for false veneers and plastic happiness. Mom wants, consequently, God wants healthy families, even if it means some difficult and painful conversations let me show you what I, what I mean if you got your bibles i'd love for you to open them up to colossians chapter 3 colossians chapter 3 and we're going to pick it up if you don't have a bible the verses are going to be on the screens for you however i would love for you to have a bible please stop by our resource center before you leave here today and grab one free of charge our gift to you we want you studying god's word for yourself but for the sake of today you can follow along on the screen or on your smartphone or, or on your tablet but i want to look at 
what God wants for his family. Because when you understand what God wants for his family, then you'll understand what he wants us to experience in our families. Colossians chapter 3, the Apostle Paul says this, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, as the beloved sons and daughters, as the beloved family of God, Clothe yourselves with false happiness, fake smiles, and plastic veneers. Always pretend with reckless deceit that everything's okay in order to maintain the facade of decent relationships at family gatherings. Look happy, act happy, be happy, even when you're not, for happiness is the virtue that binds us all together in perfect unity. Is that what Paul wrote? No, but let's be honest. That's how we operate. That's how we live our lives. We operate as if that's some kind of command. I have people all the time show up to counseling sessions and they spend the first 20 minutes faking it and then they spend the next 20 minutes apologizing because the truth broke through and then we've only got 20 minutes left and there's a whole bunch of junk that we need to deal with and we needed the whole hour. See, in our culture, we feel like that if we're not happy, put together, and all getting along, something's wrong. And I'm here to tell you that is bullcrap from the pit of hell and is not true and you don't need to buy into it. Because if things aren't good, but they're not being worked through, they'll stay not good, you'll stay not good, and you'll be ineffective for God's kingdom everywhere you go. If your relationships at home are jacked up, trust me, it affects your relationships at work. If your relationship with your spouse is jacked up, trust me, it affects your relationships with your kids. The reality is, if we've got unhealth in our lives, but we're maintaining this plastic facade of happiness, we are doing not only ourselves a disservice, but the kingdom of God a disservice because he has called you and called me to be his ambassadors in the world. And the only way that we make a real difference in the world is when we're honest about our shortcomings and what we need to work through. Now, this is what the Apostle Paul says about God's family. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion. What's compassion? Compassion is when somebody in your family screws up rather than moving towards vindication and anger, you are compassionate because you know you're a screw-up too. Clothe yourselves with compassion and kindness. I think the church has lost its way on this one. Did you know that the Bible says that it's your kindness, Lord, that leads to repentance, right? So often we think that preaching people down or out-arguing someone is the way to win them over. Trust me when I tell you, you will never argue somebody into the kingdom of heaven and you will never argue yourself into a better marriage relationship. It's your kindness, Lord, that leads people to repentance and it's our kindness that causes us to look more like the Lord. Clothe yourselves with compassion and kindness. Ooh, humility. I thought my wife would say amen a lot louder than that one for me. Here's the deal. In your relationships, you ain't always right. There she was. 
Knew we weren't going to get through that one. It don't matter how good of a case you build. Here's a beta test for you on how you're doing with this. When's the last time you were wrong? When's the last time you admitted that you were wrong? Because see, we think we're right. But when we think we're always right, we elevate ourselves to the level of Jesus. And just in case you're wondering, you ain't him. Right? Humility. Gentleness. And patience. You got that idiot brother that just keeps doing stupid stuff. And you're like, come on, bro. You get that weird uncle that says the dumbest stuff. And he's been doing it for years. It's caused anger and bitterness and resentment to build up. God's saying, hey, I want you to be honest about the fact that that's there. Because you can't become patient with someone that you're not willing to be honest about the fact that you struggle with them. And then I want you to learn to be patient with them. Not because they deserve it, but because I was patient with you. When you didn't deserve it. In case you were wondering, Jesus died on the cross 2,000 years ago, long before you committed your first sin. Even while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He was patient with us. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Just in case you're wondering, this isn't the description of a happy family. This is the description of a healthy family. Because the only way you can be patient with somebody is for somebody to be doing something that's irking the heck out of you. Right? If you don't know what irk means, look it up. When you're kind to someone, it's usually in spite of their behavior because you're choosing to be kind. When you're compassionate towards someone, it's because they've made a mistake somewhere along the way and they need grace from you. See, all of these descriptors that we see here are descriptors not of a perfect plastic veneered happy family. It's from a jacked up family who needs a lot of grace, who needs a lot of love and extends a lot of mercy to one another. And then I want you to look at what this says. It says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace and be thankful. Now here's the mistake we make. We think that this verse says, let the peace of Christ rule in your families. It don't. It says, let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. This means you're going to have some very difficult and painful and hard conversations that aren't going to be peaceful. But you're at peace at who you are. You're at peace who God's calling your spouse to be. You're at peace at who you want your family to become. And because you're at peace, you're willing to wage war against the devil so that he doesn't get a foothold in your family's life. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. And remember, you are one body. So if you're on different pages, work it out. 
Say, I'm going to hold on to the table. I'm not getting up. We are going to work through this. I'm not going to let this keep festering in me. Because God's not interested in happy families. He's interested in healthy families. He's interested in honest families. Matter of fact, if you back up just a few verses, Scripture tells us that we need to be honest with each other. Honest about what? What well, says in the text, in that very same chapter, Colossians chapter 3, that we need to be honest about the bitterness, resentment, malice, and anger that's built up in our hearts. And some of you right now are going, that's the last thing I want to do. It's Mother's Day. We got to go to lunch after this, bro. And you're telling people to just dump it all out on the table. It's already at the table. Just nobody's owning it. If you got something in your heart, or you know somebody's got something in their heart that isn't being said, trust me, it's evident to everybody at the table. The only difference is when it's being said is that what's inside's finally coming out, and only when you drag that monster into the light can you defeat it. So stop worrying about having happy Mother's Days. That's bogus. Stop worrying about having the perfect happy Thanksgiving, the perfect happy Christmas. Get together with your brother, with your sister-in-law, your mother-in-law, whoever it is. Get together and go toe-to-toe and agree to disagree on a host of issues. But at the end of the day, say, you know what? Because of who Christ is in you and who Christ is in me and what he's done for both of us, I love you. I care about you. We completely disagree, but you know what? We're getting it all out on the table, and I want you to know that I love you, I forgive you, and as long as I live, I'm going to shower you with compassion, kindness, and courtesy. Not because I want a happy family, but because I'm part of God's family. And as jacked up and diverse and messed up as God's family is, it is an extremely healthy family because it's a family that at the door calls for repentance. Says, hey, let's get it all out on the table. Let's be honest about where you are. And the reason you should want this for your family is because it reflects God's family. Does that make sense? So let's knock over this stupid sacred cow of thinking we have to have these happy, perfect families. We can be honest. You can say you had a fight on the way to church this morning. It's okay. So did half the room, right? You can say you got to the mimosa bar and you found out there was no alcohol and you were a little frustrated (laughs) because of the kind of week you've had, right? You can be honest, We're broken. We aren't perfect. We're jacked up. We're in desperate need of a savior. And it's when we forget that fact that we begin operating as if our smile is beautiful. No, you got some jacked up teeth back there. And my deal is, let's go through the hard work together. Braces are going to hurt. The work on your mouth is going to hurt. The surgery is going to hurt. But let's go through the hard work together to start repairing and fixing things instead of slapping some fake veneer on it that everybody else can see right through. And when we do, watch this. 
when we do, and I'll close with this, that's when we begin changing our city. That's when we begin reshaping the world. That's when we begin ushering in heaven on earth. You know why so many people aren't interested in coming to church with you? You know why so many people aren't interested in coming to church at all? For fun, I started driving for Uber in the middle of the night just because I wanted to see a different side of Charlotte. (laughs) And you can see a different side of Charlotte, right? I was blown away, absolutely blown away. Last weekend, I didn't exercise self-control, so I kept taking more rides and more rides and more rides because the fare was getting or the fare total was getting higher and higher and higher. So I was like, this is awesome. I'm making money. Everybody else is sleeping. I'm making money, right? I ended up at this Waffle House at four in the morning on a Saturday night. The line was around the building because everybody had gotten out of the club because they were looking for something in the club and they obviously couldn't find what they were looking for in the club because they ended up at Waffle House, Right? You don't end up at the Waffle House. You may end up at somebody's house, but you don't end up at the Waffle House if you find what you're looking for in the club, right? So there's a line wrapped around the building at four in the morning for waffles. Now, I love waffles. I think Waffle House is God's gift to humanity. But having said that, here's the conclusion I came to. There's a whole lot of people in this city that don't give a rip about what we're doing at 11 o'clock on Sunday morning. They're far more interested in line up around the building for waffles at 4 a.m. than coming and hanging out at your church at 11. And I don't think it's because they've got a problem with Jesus. You start reading the teachings of Jesus, Jesus is a pretty cool cat to follow. I don't think people have an issue with Jesus. I think they got an issue with Jesus' people. Because we're so busy trying to keep our plastic veneers snug and tight and straight. And then on the other hand, judging everybody else who's got jacked up teeth. And they're looking at us going, I don't want what you have. That looks cheap. That looks like an imitation. That's not changing anything but when you begin to walk with somebody who's going through a divorce and you look at them and you say man my marriage was falling apart too matter of fact my marriage is still on the rocks but you know what I've got hope and joy and peace even in the middle of all this pain and it has nothing to do with my marriage or where I'm at it has everything to do with the Jesus that I follow and the peace that he gives me in spite of the storm that's when it begins to make a difference in that dude's life that's when it begins to to, to wake him up and say I want that This city is chock full of people who are desperate for hope and healing. We are the conduits for that hope and healing. And as long as we keep up our happy, clappy, pretty veneers, we'll never be able to make a difference for his kingdom in the world. So what do you need to do today? The application is really simple. Go make that phone call that you need to make. Send that text message that you need to send. Have that conversation that you've been putting off. Go to the Mother's Day dinner and be the jerk who brings up politics or religion because we need to just get it out on the table that we disagree, and that's okay. We can love each other in spite of our disagreements. Like, like get it out there. 
Let's get this thing straight. Because when we stop pretending that we've got it all together, that's when God will begin to use us in unprecedented and supernatural ways. God's not looking for happy families. He's looking for healthy families. He's looking for a healthy you. God, we love you, and we thank you for the power of your word, the truth of your gospel, and the never-ending, relentless pursuit of your grace over our lives. God, bless us as we leave this place. Give us influence. Give us opportunity. Give us chances to be used for your sake and by you. It's in the name of Jesus that we ask all of this. Amen.